0: Good morning, this is Donna. Welcome to the episode titled The 18 Universal Laws. Knowing that there are energetic laws and what they are can help us work consciously with creating the life that we want by understanding the basics of how the universe or our world in dimension and even our species operates. There are universal laws, there are individual planetary, what we might call physical laws, there are laws for our human species, and dimensional laws, and a whole lot more. (laughs) All of these laws simply dictate the way the energy moves within each system. Gravity, time, and karma are examples of Earth law. Karma would also be an example of a dimensional law third dimension. Universal laws would be things like love, and free will, and evolution. That's how things operate on a much broader universal or source level. And once again, knowing these underlying laws can help us work consciously with creating the life we want by understanding the basics of how our universe and our specific world dimension species operates. Now, if you are a rebel at heart, like I am, (laughs) you may be resisting this whole idea. All of this talk of laws may be making you a little itchy because to a rebel, rules are made to be broken, yes? These universal laws are simply the design or the architecture that we have collectively agreed on at the soul level for our experience within this universe or dimension or world. It's sort of like when we're with a group of people and we decide to play a game together. Before we can play a game, we need to all agree on some rules, right? In more complex games, the more complex the game, the further understanding that we have of the rules the better the game will be, the more fun that we'll all have. Again, these laws are simply systems that we agreed to operate within. Or you could say it they are the organization that balances the chaos. I recommend reading the book titled, Universal Laws, 18 Powerful Laws and the Secret Behind Manifesting Your Desires. The author is named Jennifer O'Neill. I read this book at least once a year because it is simple and a quick read, and it defines the universal laws better than other books or articles that I have read and researched. So what I'm going to share with you today is actually a quick overview of O'Neill's 18 laws so that you get a basic and yet broad idea of universal laws. And I'm not going to explain them in depth, because I don't want to take or even borrow O'Neill's work. And it would take much too long. (laughs) And if you're interested, you can read the book. I will, however, just give a brief example of how each law could be applied to life. So let's start with number one. Number one is the law of one. It says that everything is connected and we are all a part or an extension of the same source. This is the essence of the Golden Rule, sort of the why of it. The Golden Rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and it is taught in some form or variation in every major religion, every religion that I've ever studied. This belief is the core of every humanitarian organization. It is central to every earth-first movement. And it is deeply understood and practiced by people who are vegans and animal activists, and so on and so forth. The law of one is actually more of a truth than it is a law, you could say, because every star and moon and sun and planet in the galaxy is actually connected within a web. And every bit of life that exists on our planet from plants and bugs to animals and humans, are also connected by the same type of web. We are not just all made from the same materials. We are all literally physically connected to each other and our world. And if you want to know more about what this means for our interactions, begin to study the part of quantum mechanics that deals with quantum entanglement. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Number two. Number two is the law of vibration. It says that everything in the universe vibrates or offers a vibration. Now, we talk more about energetic vibration or frequency in our episodes on energy. Understanding this law will give you a much greater control over your physical and mental and emotional health. Number three is the law of attraction. It says that you attract into your life what you are offering vibrationally. This one is probably the most well-known and popular energetic law because of the secret that came out several years ago. This law is very easy to see when it comes to our life partners and our lovers and really even our friends, the, the people that we kind of choose to do life with. Um, this law can actually be used for changing any and all areas of your life once understood. Number four is the law of allowing. Allowing things to move without resistance and to evolve or grow naturally is what the law of allowing is all about. The next time that you want to resist something, try using this law. Relax. Instead of resisting relax, (laughs) allow the emotion or the situation or the person to simply exist. Accept that that came to you for a reason. Number five is the law of resistance. It says that anything offering resistance will manifest itself into energy blockages or stuck energy. So what is the biggest stuck point for you right now? Follow that thread to whatever it is that you are resisting, which is ultimately creating the energy blockage. And stop resisting. (laughs) Instead, maybe try being curious about it. Why am I resisting this? When we become aware of our resistance and the reason for it, we can then begin to allow instead. Number six is the law of detachment. This is the law of releasing or letting go of your desires. This is actually the yin that works with the yang of the law of attraction. You have to let go of control, so to speak, open your fist before something can come into it. This is all about letting go, allowing, and flowing. Number seven is the law of abundance. It says that there is more than enough in the universe and nothing is limited. As a small exercise to understand this law, journal your answers to these questions. What does our world not have enough of? Who creates that? Whatever your answer was to what our world does not have enough of, who actually creates that? And what is keeping us from getting more of it? And lastly, is that thing truly limited? Number eight, the law of intention. Directing energy as intention is the first step of creation in desire, which results in manifestation. So as another small exercise to begin to experientially understand this law, decide something right now that you are going to do tomorrow. It could be drinking more water, or getting up five minutes early to meditate, or maybe do something really nice with your spouse, like make out or bring them a gift, (laughs) or get yourself a little treat. Whether or not you end up doing that thing that you decided on, notice how the decision itself is the first step in making anything happen. Number nine is the law of action. It says that action must be taken in order to result in manifestation. So going back to the previous exercise, what action could you take right now that would be the first step to your decision for tomorrow? For instance, if your decision was to drink more water, you could fill up two water bottles and set them beside your keys. If it was to meditate, you could find a guided meditation right now and bookmark it or save it to use in the morning when you get up you could text your spouse with a little bit of the plan that you have for them tomorrow. (laughs) Um, If it was to get a little treat for yourself, take out some dollar bills out of your wallet or your purse and put a sticky note on them and write on that note what the treat is that you plan to get for yourself. Notice how an action, no matter how small, makes it much more likely that you will actually manifest your intention for tomorrow. Number 10 is the law of cause and effect. Every action has an equal reaction or consequence. If you actually manifest or do your intention for tomorrow... Spend some time contemplating or maybe even writing about the consequences of it, whatever that was. What new effect did you create? Number 11 is the law of pure potential. This says that everything and everyone is one of infinite possibilities. Kids are masters at using this law. They know that they can be anything that they want until adults start convincing them that there are limitations. Pick any object, like a box or a rock, and ask a five-year-old how many different things that object, object could be used as. How much more is the limitless potential of a human being? If you have trouble seeing unlimited potential, Begin to get back in touch with your creativity. Make a mud pie. Color. Build a Lincoln log house. Bake cookies. Create something. And then go back to considering your pure potential again. Number twelve, the law of rhythm or ebb and flow. All things have a rhythm, a cycle, or an ebb and flow. After 23 years of marriage, instead of getting upset when my husband and I are at odds, I have come to understand that our marriage goes through seasons, including sometimes a chilly or sort of bleak winter, (laughs) and cozy autumns, and sometimes seemingly endless summers. Every one of my friendships has a vastly differing rhythm. My own body cycles through moods and weight patterns. My kids ebb and flow. Our politics cycle. There are tides and huge long climate change patterns and times of molting. Where in your life do you see a rhythm or an ebb and flow? Could you relax into that knowing that it will change? Instead of resisting or wringing your hands or acting as if it's going to somehow get stuck and stay this way forever. Number 13 is the law of polarity. Everything has an opposite, a yin and a yang. Complementary opposites are part of a greater whole. Like several of these laws, just having this information can change a lot. So often we decide that we do or do not want something as if we can pick and choose the best half of every emotion or thought or situation that crosses our path. We even do this with people. We want only the part of them that we want, (laughs) that we enjoy. It's as if we think we can take only the heads of life and never the tails Brene Brown says that we cannot selectively numb our emotions, numb our sadness, and we also numb our joy. Rumi's poem, titled The Guest House, urges us to welcome all experience equally instead of resisting what it is that we deem bad. There are two sides to every coin. Contrasts that keep colors and tastes and life, all of life, from being bland. Understanding the law of polarity resets our expectations for life so that we can stop resenting the so-called flip side of life. Number 14 is the law of relativity. Everything has challenges or tests to face Allowing the ability to find the strength within us. If I decide that I am going to be nicer to people, (laughs) you can bet that my resolve will be tested. We build up strength in the areas that we fail in. For instance, a beta reader criticized my very first book, so I improved it. Now, the criticism wasn't particularly fun or joyful at the time, but it did cause me to get better. What challenges or failures are strengthening you right now? Number 15, the law of dharma or purpose. Everything was created with a purpose. And to this, I just have to say, really? (laughs) Like flies and mosquitoes too? (laughs) Do you know what your dharma is? Can you list at least five purposes that you are fulfilling in this lifetime? Knowing your dharma can simplify and streamline your life. I have had a few different dharmas, each one preparing me for the next one. One of my purposes was to bring my sons in. I have been a trailblazer in many different ways and areas of life. One of my major dharmas is to return lost history and deeper truths to humanity at this point in time. I am also to heal the generational wounds of this DNA line that I was born into. Knowing my dharmas and purposes have allowed me to let go of everything that does not support them and therefore my life is pretty streamlined and much simpler now. I am living, quote unquote, on purpose. Number 16 is the law of giving and gratitude. The universe dictates that you must give in order to receive. So as a little exercise to demonstrate this law, give something, it can be anything, to anyone. Something that has at least a little value. And then pay close attention to how long it is before you receive something. Another good practice around this is to start a gratitude practice and begin to keep track of how much more abundance is already in your sphere, it's in your life, than what you previously have noticed. Could it be that we are not receiving all that is actually available to us. Number 17, the law of love. Love is universal energy in its purest and most powerful state. As an ongoing exercise here, begin to look for the love of everything, every item, every situation, every person. Now this requires extreme non-judgment. Remember that love is like the color white, which contains all the other colors. What is the next thing that you are planning to do? Do it with the intention of love. Even if it's something like sharpening your pencil or returning an email, just holding the awareness of love might change something. Notice what changes. And lastly, number 18 is the Law of Correspondence. This law says that the universe or reality cannot contradict itself or its laws in any way. With this one, I like to continually kind of question and test it. For instance, I will contemplate where does evil seem to be? Where do I see evil and how does that fit with the law of love? I like to kind of go looking for contradictions in the universe and then I question and study and poke around them and go deeper and deeper just to see if this law is true. That is it for today, my friends. Uh, And of course, your additional resources is... Miss Jennifer O'Neill's book, The Eighteen Universal Laws. Please reference that for greater information, in depth ways, uh, plenty of ways to incorporate each one of these into your life. Remember to visit our author website at ddadair.com, ddadair.com, and let us know what questions you have about this. Also, Diana and I have written a fiction series set in Atlantis, and if you're at all interested in being notified when we publish that series this year, in 2018, you can sign up to get an email. Thank you for your time. Blessings on you and blessings on your day.